Inspirational women are increasingly popular in the news and media, but many go unheard and their stories are never told. Women to Watch with Susan Rocco captures the stories of many women who truly make a difference. Women to Watch is the vehicle for developing new leaders, encouraging younger generations, and in building self-esteem for future entrepreneurs. Hey everyone, welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm here every week sitting down with some great ladies from the Philadelphia area and across the country as well. And I'm thrilled to have with me in the studio this morning, Sunny White. And Sunny is co-founder of Xavier Creative House, um, just outside of Philadelphia here. Welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me. Um, And for those of you listening, um, Xavier Creative House is a uh, marketing and branding business that uh, Sunny founded um, actually recently. And we're going to learn all about the the wonderful things that uh, she's doing with her business. But I want to start out with... Um, your background and talking a little bit about your years growing up in Gwinnett Valley. Sure. Um, I grew up in the suburbs of of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, so the Bluebell, Gwinnett Valley area. Um, I was one of three children. Uh, my brother actually is uh, 10 years older than me, so even though I was slotted in the middle child, um, I always had that older child Uh, feel. It was my sister and I mostly in the house growing up. Um, I did grow up in a very entrepreneurial family. Mm -hmm. So I can say that that is in my blood, uh, part of who I am. Uh, Growing up, you know, business conversation was part of the norm. You know, it was part of our dinner conversations. And even at a young age, when you don't necessarily know exactly what they may be talking about, it's just who you are. Right. Um, So growing up with those Uh, parents that were both very entrepreneurial. My mother's a serial entrepreneur. My father always owned his own business. Um, We got very involved in lots of different activities. So that was something that they, you know, really wanted us to pursue. Um, So musical, sports. um, So really embracing those leadership roles at a very young age, but a great upbringing and a wonderful childhood. Can you talk about some of the businesses your mom was involved in? Sure. So she always she is actually on her fifth business right now. Oh, um, all of them in the contact center world. So call center used to be the name. Now mm-hmm. it's translated into contact center to embrace some of the new technology. But she's owned five call centers. So you know that really translates into that customer service um, type of business. But she she started that at a young age. So even in the 80s, you know, watching your mother as a young girl own these businesses, you know, it was just part of the norm. I just thought everyone did that. So, you know, that's kind of different, I think, when you look at that as a child. Yeah. And so w- when you were growing up, was she not at home often or was it a flexible career that allowed her to, you know, also be involved with your yeah, no, they, activities? They both worked. Um all the time. So again, hence the activities. We just were involved in everything, um, you know, and really was able to find different things that we like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they both work. So we had the pleasure, actually, for me, I can look back and say, I, you know, after school, I had this elderly grandmother type figure who would be there to help me with homework or pick me up from different activities. Um but great parents on the weekends and, you know, when they weren't working were there to, you know, be there and 
you know, do family oriented stuff. But, right. you know, we grew up with that, uh, it, that strong worth ethic, worth ethic and really seeing that yeah. through my parents. Yeah. We should talk a little bit high school. You went to Gwen and Mercy High School, which is I an all girls academy um, outside of Philadelphia. Um, what, what are some of the things you learned growing up in that type of environment with all girls? Yeah, going to an all-girls school, you really, you know, it gives you that level of confidence because I guess you can say there's not that level of distraction mm-hmm. um, in those in those teenage years. As um, you can imagine, um, boys, and that's very easy to get distracted. So the focus being more on the academics and the extracurricular activity. Uh, great experience, great group of girls um, for high school. Again, the focus, I actually got involved in tennis. So I was the tennis captain uh, in my high school and really took tennis, you know, from a young age. That was something I had done Mm -hmm. and then brought that through high school, college, and even today, which, you know, I'm so thankful that I got involved with that because it's a lifelong activity you can always pursue. But high school really set me up. Gwinnett was a great experience, set me up, laid the groundwork for a very strong academic background Mm -hmm. that really has got me to where I am today. So, and Gwinnett Mercy is is known for their arts too. They have a wonderful arts program there. Were you involved in any of that creative stuff? Because that's kind of where you are, you know, today. Yeah, it's funny. Um, The turning point for me, so You know, when you do a lot of, I've done in my life a lot of assessments of where your strengths are, and they've always come back saying, you really need to be in a creative field. Um, What's funny is I have a very analytical mind, but creativity is where my passion is. So the turning point for me from an art standpoint actually was not until graduate school. Um, for college, I did go to a liberal arts school, mm-hmm. so you experience that diverse base of education, mm-hmm. and you're not pigeonholing yourself in just a field. They're they're forcing you to experience everything, you right. know, from more on the creative end all the way through, you know, business, psychology, finance. But it wasn't until graduate school, I, so I studied business in college, but it wasn't until graduate school that I went back and actually... Um, honed in on the international marketing. And that's where everything kind of came together. Mm -hmm. So I took that business background, but went back to study after I spent some years in finance, went back to study in the international marketing. And that's where the realization came to me that, you know what, this is really where I need to be. This is what I love to do. Excuse me, that creativity. You know, it it is a journey. And, you know, you start to Think about the things that you like to do and, you know, when you're in grade school. And then you went to St. Michael's in yes. Vermont. Yes. Um, is was Did you have a love of skiing? Did that bring you to Vermont or was it <laughs> just the school? Um, I had never skied before. Um, I tried snowboarding in college. Skiing, no. Actually, I was recruited for tennis. And a group of friends of mine went to UVM. And when they were looking at UVM, they said, Sonny, we found the perfect, perfect school for you, St. Michael's, which is two miles down the road from UVM. So we'll be at UVM. We can watch you. <laughs> you know, everything will be good. But it's just a really perfect fit for you because you grew up in a small town. You went to Gwennon. My graduating high school class was 99. You know, so I was used to that. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for that smaller type college where I wasn't just going to be another face in the crowd. I 
you know, was really going to get to know people. And I, I love that. And so when I went to St. Mike's, you know, it was just I walked onto that campus and, you know, I just knew. And I had looked, I applied to about 13 or 15 colleges. Wow. So, you know, the journey for me was anywhere from all the way to the East Coast, all the way to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. But when I walked on there, I just said, this is it. And I, it was just more that feeling. Right. So not so much skiing, um, but just, it was, it was, just felt right. School. Yeah. Well, it was interesting to me when I was reading, you know, your, your bio that you mentioned that you had 18 years of Catholic schooling and that really, you know, shapes who you are. Um, and obviously you, you were drawn to that and felt comfortable in that type of environment um, because then you went on to, to get your MBA at St. Joe's. Absolutely. And what prompted you to do that? So when I graduated from St. Mike's, you know, I had a really great experience there. You know, I I did study business, Mm -hmm. great teachers, you know, that I still stay in touch with today. But they always were pushing me. Even when I was in college, they said, you're ready for grad school. You should go to grad school. And so I was always torn. You know, I love I I'm a lifelong learner. I love learning. I just feel like I'm always a student at heart Mm -hmm. and just always trying to be you know, better and embrace, you know, anything and everything you can. But it was in college when they said, you know, you really should think about graduate school. And I said, okay, but, you know, you all, you also hear that you need that real world experience before you keep going on because graduate school is more about the application of what you're learning in the real world. Mm-hmm. So I went into the finance industry for a few years, which was a path that I had taken I had really great mentors growing up. So even in high school, I ha- I was just afforded the opportunity to work uh, with a financial uh, firm, Oppenheimer. And it was always on the sales and marketing end. So, you know, I just said, oh, this is great. You know, I love sales and marketing, but I'm in the finance world. So when I studied business and then I, you know, graduated from St. Mike's, I was doing an internship up there at Wachovia Securities. And the two men that I was working on, they were absolutely amazing. Again, always shaped by really, really great mentors. But they said, Sonny, where do you want to work? And this was, you know, two weeks from graduation. And they said, where do you want to work? Where Are you going home to, you know, to Philadelphia? And I said, yeah. I said, great. We'll line you up some interviews. And I, I landed a job two weeks after graduation with Nuveen Investments uh, in Radnor. Okay. Again, in an operational setting. Uh, in finance, spent two years there. Um, And again, that was learning more of the operations. But it was then that I said, again, you know, sales and marketing is really where my heart is, the marketing and the creative end. Mm -hmm. So that was, let me take this two years of really great experience and go back to school. You know, I feel, you know, two years is two years. I was trying to get to that five-year mark, but applied to these, these colleges and they said, yeah, you don't have too much experience, but let's give it a shot. And went back to St. Joe's for my MBA at that point so that I could transition to something that I really love. So right. that was kind of that transition, that transition period for me um, to get back to the graduate school, which was probably, looking back, the best thing I could have done at that time mm-hmm. because it really then got me on the path where I needed to be to get me to where I am today. Yeah, well, they say it's really uh, a valuable thing to have in today's world, you know, an MBA, some type of extra degree. Um, I, I want to backtrack just for a second sure. because you met your husband at St. Michael's, and that's a big part of your life. I did. And, you know, what's funny is it was such a small school. So, again, 
Graduating high school class, 99. I go to St. Mike's. There was 2,500 total wow, in the school. that is small. So really small. My sister, on the other hand, went to Arizona State, which is 40,000 students. So wow. you can see the opposites there on, you know, having sisters and just being a little different. But my husband and I both went to St. Mike's. He was a year older. And the funny thing is, is we have the same circle of friends, but never saw each other. Ever. We were probably at the same parties, probably at the same gatherings. Never ever saw each other or ran into each other or maybe it was just the awareness of it but it wasn't the time it wasn't (laughs) and you know when we look back at that we say wow fate is a funny thing Uh because college wasn't the right time for us to actually really dive into a relationship and he's from boston so it wasn't until after he went you know after college he moved back to boston i was in philly again that was a very long distance thing when we weren't dating at the time. Mm-hmm. But he ended up moving to New York City, and that's when I was going to graduate school. And it just so happened at that time, the commute was a little bit closer. Right. And we had reconnected through friends through college, our same group of friends. And the rest is history. Yeah. So it was just it was just wonderful and, you know, dated for a year and a half before – I helped him network and get a job with SAP in Newtown Square. I've heard of that company. Yes. (laughs) That's a big company. Um, So talk a little bit about your, you know, you have your own business, and we'll we'll get into, you know, what Xavier is all about and and how you founded it. Um, But you also have a a little one at home, and you have one on the way. Our listeners can't see that, but you're 11 weeks away. 11 weeks away, yes. Yeah, so that's a lot to manage. How do you, what's the best way for you um, that allows you to to give the time that you should be giving to your, your son at home and your husband and keep up with the business? So the importance of, of work-life balance, I think, is an important topic for women today, especially in the workforce. Women who, you know, are trying to make a go of, of their career and also be a great mom and a wife. So I think that's really important. Daily, you know, being very organized and, and um, you know, having, being very cognizant of your time management skills. It's funny, when I became a mom, all of a sudden priorities and, you know, when you go to work and focusing, okay, I'm here at work and this is what I have to get done today and I'm going to just do it. You know, something comes over you and I say I've never had more energy Because when I'm there, I have to get done that work. There is no other, there's no excuses. I mean, you go there, you do work, and you go home so that you can then really focus in on the family. So that's really important. And then with Xavier, my business partner and I, she's also a working mom. And that's what the really nice fit is between the two of us because we have that understanding and that love of family Mm -hmm. as well as the passion for our business. And that's why we really make it work, but we've been very, very cognizant of building a culture at Xavier that focuses in on that work-life balance and, and providing a place where people can thrive mm-hmm. in their career because we don't want them to come home at night and, you know, be so stressed. And we want them to love what they do, be really creative while they're there, and then give them that ability to be a good wife or be a good husband and really make family important too because it's who we are and even though your work is kind of your home away from 
home, I guess you could say it, it is important to focus on that family. And so we really do instill that in our company. That's that's great because I think it's something that, you know, people struggle with that feeling when they're home, they're thinking about work, when they're at work, they're thinking about their family. And it really shouldn't be that way because then both of them suffer, right? right. Um, and, and I would say one of the things that's probably helpful for you is that you practice yoga and meditation. And that's I can tell you seem like a very relaxed person. Um, and a lot of people are turning to that today. I think it's hotter today than it ever has been. Um, people trying to find ways to relax because when you do, then you are more focused and, uh, and, uh, you know, I think successful. How how and when did you start to to do the yoga and meditation? Yoga I've done for a really long time. I really loved it. And when I was pregnant with my first child, it was something I really got into because, um, you know, it just made me feel good. It gave me energy. And, you know, living healthy is an important part of my overall well-being um, personally. But it was just something that I felt like I could do. It, It gave me enough of the activity I needed to feel healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the meditation actually is something my husband and I just implemented in our lives. We just actually got back from a trip from Arizona. And we went out to Sedona, and it's very big out there. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, we didn't really know what, what meditation was or really if we were doing it correctly or, you know, anything about it. And so when we were out there, we really spent a lot of time with different teachers to get different perspectives on it. And they said, you know, you make it your own. And so, you know, we tried to really embrace this in our lives. And every night, you know, when we're cooking dinner and, you know, the baby goes to bed, he'll be cooking and say, okay, you have to go downstairs and do your yoga for 10, or I'm sorry, your meditation for 10 minutes. And then I come up and we switch. And so, you know, it's kind of a team thing and it's fun. And it just gives us that we only do it for 10 minutes a day. But it gives us that time to just really de- de-stress, you know, get your thoughts from the day, kind of clear your head. And it's really nice because then, it, you know, we go into dinner and we can sit down together and talk about whatever we were going to talk about. But it just kind of gives us that clear mind and just level sets us for, from the day and then kind of going forward. So it's something we're doing together and it's really kind of yeah, cool. that's great. And you know, it only is 10 minutes. You know, the more, I've been reading a lot about it. They call it mindfulness mm-hmm. as well, um, which I think is so important. Everything's coming at us in today's world so much. Right. Um, you know, you're, you think you're focused one minute and the texts and the emails and the phones ringing. And so I think it's really important to take some time to decompress. Um, and I would imagine it's good for your marriage. Yeah, right? it is. Keeps it you is. from arguing. And absolutely. They say, you know, what's funny is if you just do that, and some of the teachers say, if you just do 10 minutes, you know, during the course of the day, there's so many things that are thrown at you. And when you're doing this, it just, you know, you'll what you'll find is that all of a sudden you just are able to just not get so, you know, anxious or crazy or whatever it is. You can just kind of take that step back because you've level set and you have that tool in your in your back pocket. Yeah, not, so, be, not be reactive, exactly, I guess. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with Sunny White, co-founder of Xavier Creative House. It's really tough for an everyday investor to find honest, personalized investment advice. Some brokers only push the latest hot stocks. 
And some financial advisors won't even return your phone call unless your account is worth half a million dollars. That's where the Mutual Fund Store comes in. It's where you talk with your local advisor, someone you can meet with face-to-face, not somebody wearing a headset a thousand miles away. And your Mutual Fund Store advisor will work with you to design an investment plan to help you get where you want to be. From day one, our advisors track your funds to make sure they're still right for you. Not everyone in the investment business can say that. The client comes first at the Mutual Fund Store with custom investment plans to fit your goals, not ours. To learn more, visit MutualFundStore.com or call the Mutual Fund Store now in East Norriton and Cherry Hill, 877-239-8330. That's 877-239-8330. Hello? Hi, Kelly. It's Sue. Are you and Joe going to the kids' game after school today? No, we are stuck in traffic again on our way to the hospital for Joe's IVIG infusion. As usual, we will be at the hospital all day and won't be home in time. This is really becoming a problem with our work and family commitments. Hey, my friend's son receives his infusions at home with Walgreens. You know they are not just a retail pharmacy. Walgreens has a national home infusion program. He used to miss school, but now the Walgreens nurses see him at home after school. Wow! Infusions in the comfort of our own home? Yes. Walgreens expert infusion nurses and pharmacists are available 24-7 to provide safe, one-on-one clinical support around your schedule. Talk to your doctor and call Walgreens Infusion Services at 877-974-4844 or go to womentowatch.net for complete details. We will. If we ever get out of this traffic, hearty har har. We can't wait to have these infusions at home with Walgreens. Thanks. Be well. Are you looking for assistance with your IT demands? Would you like to know that the people you hire have your best interest at heart? InSource is one of the region's most distinguished and fastest-growing technology firms in the Philadelphia area. Their only concern is to deliver your business long-term success to avoid reacting to daily crisis. Recognized as a top employer of IT consultants, they thrive on helping their clients exceed expectations. InSource delivers reliable and effective solutions to the technology needs of both small and large businesses as well as nonprofits and does so with the goals of your business in mind. With over a decade of recognized success, InSource provides its clients with both IT staffing needs as well as putting highly qualified project teams together. InSource is also a partner of ServiceNow, the fastest growing software company in the country. Contact InSource today at 610-592-0800 or visit their website at InSourceNow.com to find the quality help you need. When you are shopping, do you chuckle at the one-size-fits-all tags? Well, wealth management should not take a one-size-fits-all approach either. Companies offer different products and services for women, and they should. All women are different. Your plan should be as unique and personal as you are. So why are you still following your one-size-fits-all financial advisor? Financial advisor Liz Barker of RBC Wealth Management understands this. Her area of expertise is women in transition and being retirement ready. Call Liz Barker Financial Advisor at RBC Wealth Management at 484-530-2806. Again, that number is 484-530-2806. Or visit her online at www.lizbarker.com to schedule your complimentary custom wealth management plan today. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC.
Welcome back, everyone, to Women to Watch. Um, again, my name is Sue Rocco, and I'm in the studio today with Sunny White. And Sunny is the co-founder of Xavier Creative House, um, a marketing and, and branding company here uh, just outside of Philadelphia. And um, I'd love to, to get right into how you came about uh, starting this business. I, I understand that you were working, uh, your mom uh, has her own company, and you were working with her at the time. So talk a little bit about what that company was and what made you decide to branch out on your own. Sure. So so my mother, like I said in the past, she's owned five call centers. She's actually in her fifth right now. So I had joined her company. So after the finance realm and then went back to graduate school, it was when I was in graduate school that she really decided to rope me in. Um, I needed the flexibility to be able to go to school full-time, but also carry a job that was very flexible in nature. Were you you living um, at home, or did you have your own place then? When I went back for my master's, I actually moved home um, just to be closer to St. Joe's. Okay. For the commute, you know, um, commute really Mm -hmm. was the main reason. Mm -hmm. But so she wrote me in, and she knew that, you know, I wasn't going to be able to sit still for very long. So although she was trying to make it very easy, um, you know, <laughs> I was seeing things in the organization that I really thought I'd be able to impact. So kind of jumped in, you know, head first and got very involved in her business while I was going to school and actually took over the whole compliance and licensing division for her, which was actually an outsourced function at the time mm-hmm. and ran with it. And my mother, what's interesting about her is once you get really comfortable in a role, she kind of, she has a very think big mentality, but also, you know, loves to kind of allow you to sink or swim. So what she'll do is she'll, you know, I, I was getting really comfortable in this role. I had no idea what I was doing at first, but, you know, really embraced it and brought it in house and built up this very large department of, I was managing 15 uh, for some of her large clients. So she really specializes in the insurance realm. So we were representing some of the very large carriers and we were handling all of their licensing and compliance for them. So a very regulated sector. And it was when I got very comfortable in that, she said, all right, now I need you to go run HR. I'm like, (laughs) HR? You know, so it was just like, she'll pull you from something and you know, make it very cross-functional, which when you look back, gave me that experience to really understand the organization as a whole. So licensing and and compliance. And to challenge, yeah. Yeah. And say, okay, well, you got comfortable here. We're going to pull you out of here. So moving into HR, doing a little bit of training, working, again, a little bit in the operations because a contact center really is operationally focused. Mm -hmm. But then ultimately getting me over into the sales and marketing and following her footsteps to really understand how to land accounts and work with the clients and client relations and the importance of customer service. So full circle there in in working on that business. Um, But when I had my first son, I went out on maternity leave. Um, Well, right before I did that, I actually, uh, she had sold her business and there was a company that wanted her to help them start a call center. And she could not do that because of her non-compete. So she said, I can't do it, but my daughter can. And so, again, this was really the first experience for me to walk into an operation that didn't have a piece of paper or a pen and really build it from the ground up. So while she was a really great mentor for me and allowed me to transition through her operation and get that vast experience I needed, Mm -hmm. 
um, hands-on experience. This was giving me the opportunity to start in, to walk into kind of a startup environment. Now, this was a parent company that was in the West Coast. It was an insurance brokerage, brokerage that wanted an East Coast presence. So she said, my daughter can do it. She'll do it great. And I did that for a year and a half. And it was just that extra level of confidence I needed to be able to feel like I could do this for myself. She so, was grooming you. She was. Yeah, you know, secretly grooming, you. grooming me to yes. to do things and, um, you know, get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, so I did that great. and then went out on maternity leave. And it was during that time that, you know, throughout my network, and that's a huge part of, of business and, you know, Again, that was something that was instilled in me in such a young age is the importance of your network. Mm-hmm. But when I was out on maternity leave, you know, really embracing my network, even when I was out on leave and came across some really great people that I decided to go into business with. And it mm-hmm. was just timing. So, again, timing is everything. And that's so key mm-hmm. in business. But had the opportunity to work in the startup environment and help a company grow, but then had some downtime to regroup and say, you know, I think I'm ready to do this myself. And it just so happened that there was other people in my network that it was the right timing for them. Mm -hmm. And they were in the advertising space and creative and wanted to open a ad agency. And we came together and it was a match made in heaven. So it's kind of how Xavier got formulated when I was ready to jump back in. Now, how did the name Xavier come about? Xavier Creative House, which I love that. Right. So when you look at the advertising world, everything's about how are you going to make yourself different? So, you know, there's lots of different ad agencies out there. So when we were thinking about the name, Creative House was something we started with. And we thought that that was really cool because it wasn't, didn't have the word marketing. It didn't have, it was just something that we really embraced. So we started there Mm -hmm. and then we wanted to find something that, that really combined nicely with that. So Xavier actually means new house. And so Xavier Creative House was how the name came about, but for us, we build new brands for our customers, and it's that new way of thinking, and it's that differentiator in the market and how we're going to do things differently, mm-hmm. and we just really liked it. It was just kind of different. You know, the name kind of stands out because it's different. It's not just another ad agency, so it really worked, and then we wanted to do something creative with it, so if you look at our website, the whole brand is built around a house, mm-hmm. and we kind of tie that throughout. So we wanted to bring that creativity element throughout the name and then, you know, really show our customers that this is what we're all about, and we're really all about building and helping them stand out from the competition. So not just all about us, but what we're going to do for them. Yeah. Well, I like the word house because it kind of encompasses all the different pieces, you know, all the right. parts that make a house run smoothly. Um Family, you know, really. So um, who was your very first client? Our very first client. Let's see. That's a good question. I have to think back. Um, Actually, you know, it was um, a a company in our network. So our target market is women-owned startups and nonprofits. So um, women-owned. So my business partner has a very strong network, but she spent the majority of her career in the pharmaceutical industry. Mm-hmm. So she had clients built up already that were following her because she was a freelance designer before we started, you know, our company. So she had a couple clients that she had 
and had been working on that we were able to build okay, from. brought them in. Right. And then um, once I got started, it was more about my network and getting the word out and then starting with some of the women in my network. Um, but our first client, I guess you could say what we did when we started was we wanted to build a board. And we wanted to build a board of advisors that represented the target markets that we were targeting. So to get started and to really build our portfolio, we put together a brand package for our board members. And we wanted to give them a brand package so that they understood who we were as a company. So whether, you know, how it's really not a client, they've turned into a client because they love the work that we created for them. But we put together a brand package where we created We wanted to recreate, and they were all in a position to actually rebrand because they were wanting to bring in different elements of their business um, and go in a different direction. So it just was, it really, everything all came together, but we put together new logos for them and new collateral and new websites. And now they're clients of ours, but they're also on our board. But that was our very first client. So you took a a bunch of different businesses or different companies and said, we're going to help you rebrand and you can be advisors to us? Well, yeah, so kind of, but the the target markets we work in, so women-owned, nonprofits, and startups. So these were all women that had their own companies, but also very Mm well-networked so that their companies and their experience base really lent itself nicely um, into the targets that we were working within. So not only did you know, they get an understanding of who we were as an organization and the types of designs that we can come up with and help them rebrand. But then they were able to help us sell. They can help us sell in the market because right. they understand the whole process. Right. Now, why why the niche of women-owned startups? So women-owned startups and nonprofits. So women-owned, I grew up with very strong women around me. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my network is women and you know, I've always had really strong mentors in that space. And I love working with other women because from a branding perspective, what's really interesting is women love to tell stories. Mm-hmm. And when you're branding them, you're building their brand story and you're helping them embrace their company and who they are. So Tara and I are both very passionate about helping these women create these really strong stories about who they want to be as a business, who they are. And, and telling that story. Um, so it's just been a really cool um, target for us to go out after. And we enjoy working with other women. On the startup side, I have a lot of experience in the startup coming from a very entrepreneurial family and having that startup experience myself. But working with startups, so you're sitting down with the CEOs and they're telling you what their vision is for building these businesses. And then we can take that vision and make it real for them. Right. And so it's just this cool transformation, mm-hmm. and we love it. And then on the nonprofit sector and the nonprofit side, you know, it was something Tara and I are really passionate about personally and professionally. So we wanted to add that in because as a smaller ad agency, the talent we have on board with our staff on the creative end has, has come from very large ad agencies. But what we wanted to do in working in the smaller to mid-sized companies is give these smaller companies that edge. And 
while understanding that the budgets may not be there, mm-hmm. but the quality of the work that we can deliver can help them compete and differentiate themselves in the market. So we just love it. We're thriving in this space, you know, whether that changes down the road or morphs into something based on the business, you know, we're having so much fun and we're, you know, this is just really working for us. Yeah. And, you know, you do have to really be more creative and innovative when you're working with a nonprofit because they don't have the funds behind them. Exactly. So how do we, you know, find ways to um, get people to notice them, mm-hmm. you know, without the, without the money? Um, what are, so you are creative and you also have a business background. And what are some of the things that are challenging for you in your work? I'm sure it doesn't all come easy for you. You know, we all struggle with different parts of ourselves um, that we're always working on to be better. What are some of the things that are difficult for you? Challenging, I guess, as a as a business owner, you know, you're every day you're faced with things you don't expect, and you know, when you're growing a company and you're looking to grow, you know, rapidly, and you're working with the clients, you're just you come across things that you never would have expected to face, and you know, thinking on your feet, and you know, obviously, you're going to make mistakes. We're human. But learning from those mistakes and saying, okay, you know, we're growing this business and this is what we're, you know, we're up against today. And really, you know, looking at those and turning them, you know, into positive experiences. But, you know, taking each of those challenges and really allowing that to shape who the who the business is becoming and who you are. But, you know, just learning, learning and, and dealing with each day and each challenge that presents itself and, yeah. and really learning from it. Yeah, you have to be adaptable, mm-hmm. right? You know, Absolutely. you can have a, a, a plan when you take your head off the pillow in the morning and then everything can change. Absolutely. So what are, the, what are some of the things that you do as a business to find new clients? Do you find that a lot of them come from referrals from businesses you already work with? Or are you aggressively, you know, doing something um, with social media or with your website to attract new clients? I guess we dabble a little in all of those areas. Um, our network has been really strong. And, you know, I think that's something that you really, really need to embrace. And, you know, I've been building a network since, you know, I was young because it was just, again, something that my mother always shared with me. And she was always introducing me to lots of different people. And she always said to me, you always have to be meeting people and telling them your story because you never know who they know or you never know where that conversation's going to lead. Right, that's so true. And, you know, so while a lot of our work has come from our professional networks to get started, it now has cycled in that organic growth from referrals. So mm-hmm. these individuals in our network have now referred us to, you know, people in their network, and it's just really spiraling. And then with Tara's experience in the industry, on the pharma side, with everything that's going on in healthcare today and the wellness sector, We've been getting a lot of business from them, too, just in, you know, looking at the portfolio that we can put out there. And obviously, you know, we're very involved involved with social media. And one of our largest clients has actually actually came from an e-blast. So, you know, just you never know. Yeah. You know, that's interesting because I wonder, you know, it's difficult sometimes to determine how much um, – of your advertising and marketing is going to be in in today's standards with the social media and technology? And how much do you use traditional um, methods? Do you find you you try to do a balance of both, or are you leaning more towards, you know, non-traditional methods? We do do a balance of both. Um, What, 
something that I set for 2014 is really to get out there and, again, really try and promote Xavier in terms of awareness. So I think what I've been trying to do is engage in different speaking engagements with the markets that we're targeting in. So, yes, while we're attending networking events and and using some of those very traditional, you know, strategically, it's how can I be in a room with a group of women or, you know, a nonprofit gala or, you know, different things that are going to be in our target and actually get to educate the the, the group. So not necessarily I'm there to be pitching Xavier, but I'm there to educate the group about the importance of branding or some element of our business, you know, relative to the group that we're speaking to that will help them become a little bit more educated in their business, but also then, you know, really transforms itself into new clients for us because of the tools that we're able to provide them and that's helpful to them in their business. So they'll think of us, maybe not necessarily for their business, but, you know, they might have a sister or brother or, again, the power of networking. And, you know, we've just been landing business that way. So it's just been a really, you know, it's organic. It's just happening naturally. Can you talk about one of the um, campaigns maybe that you're most proud of or, or that was unusual or very creative? So we just finished um, a campaign uh, for a contact center, actually. My background, again, that's part of my network. Right. But what we wanted to do, so the contact center industry is very saturated um, in terms of just, you know, a lot of competition. So what we wanted to do with their logo was come up with something really different. So when you look at logos, and we'll always do a competitive analysis of what these other companies in their space are doing, and you'll always see the headsets or the you know, the the same types of icons that people associate with. So what we did was we actually came up with something very different, which was a sound wave. So while it, you know, represents the industry, it takes a different spin on where we're trying to get them for today's world and how are they going to stand out in the industry. And from a branding perspective, you know, how can we make that different? And this company actually really embraced it, and their entire organization is now branded. So it's really cool for us, you know. And you develop that. Yeah, when you yeah. walk into this organization, they have signs now hanging on the walls. So they've embraced it not only externally with, you know, who they are in the marketplace, mm-hmm. but they've really made it part of who they are as a culture and, you know, want their employees to feel what their brand is. And we always say, you know, the quote that I can really relate to is the only thing that differentiates yourself between you and your competition is your brand. So for companies that can really embrace it, it's really cool. And so we're really proud when we go there to say, you know, we created this. We created it. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's great. Um, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, I'd like to talk about the differences you see in your work dealing with women versus men. We'll be right back. Hello? Hi, Kelly. It's Sue. Are you and Joe going to the kids' game after school today? No, we are stuck in traffic again on our way to the hospital for Joe's IVIG infusion. As usual, we will be at the hospital all day and won't be home in time. This is really becoming a problem with our work and family commitments. Hey, my friend's son receives his infusions at home with Walgreens. You know they are not just a retail pharmacy. 
Walgreens has a national home infusion program. He used to miss school, but now the Walgreens nurses see him at home after school. Wow, infusions in the comfort of our own home? Yes, Walgreens expert infusion nurses and pharmacists are available 24-7 to provide safe, one-on-one clinical support around your schedule. Talk to your doctor and call Walgreens Infusion Services at 877-974-4844 or go to womentowatch.net for complete details. We will, if we ever get out of this traffic, hearty har har. We can't wait to have these infusions at home with Walgreens. Thanks. Be well. Are you looking for assistance with your IT demands? Would you like to know that the people you hire have your best interest at heart? InSource is one of the region's most distinguished and fastest-growing technology firms in the Philadelphia area. Their only concern is to deliver your business long-term success to avoid reacting to daily crisis. Recognized as a top employer of IT consultants, they thrive on helping their clients exceed expectations. InSource delivers reliable and effective solutions to the technology needs of both small and large businesses as well as nonprofits and does so with the goals of your business in mind. With over a decade of recognized success, InSource provides its clients with both IT staffing needs as well as putting highly qualified project teams together. InSource is also a partner of ServiceNow, the fastest growing software company in the country. Contact InSource today at 610-592-0800 or visit their website at InSourceNow.com to find the quality help you need. It's really tough for an everyday investor to find honest, personalized investment advice. Some brokers only push the latest hot stocks. And some financial advisors won't even return your phone call unless your account is worth half a million dollars. That's where the Mutual Fund Store comes in. It's where you talk with your local advisor, someone you can meet with face-to-face, not somebody wearing a headset a thousand miles away. And your Mutual Fund Store advisor will work with you to design an investment plan to help you get where you want to be. From day one, our advisors track your funds to make sure they're still right for you. Not everyone in the investment business can say that. The client comes first at the Mutual Fund Store with custom investment plans to fit your goals, not ours. To learn more, visit MutualFundStore.com or call the Mutual Fund Store now in East Norriton and Cherry Hill, 877-239-8330. That's 877-239-8330. When you are shopping, do you chuckle at the one-size-fits-all tags? Well, Wealth Management should not take a one-size-fits-all approach either. Companies offer different products and services for women, and they should. All women are different. Your plan should be as unique and personal as you are. So why are you still following your one-size-fits-all financial advisor? Financial advisor Liz Barker of RBC Wealth Management understands this. Her area of expertise is women in transition and being retirement ready. Call Liz Barker, financial advisor at RBC Wealth Management at 484-530-2806. Again, that number is 484-530-2806. Or visit her online at www.lizbarker.com to schedule your complimentary custom wealth management plan today. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Welcome back, everyone, to Women to Watch. Uh, I'm in the studio this morning with Sunny White, and Sunny is the co-founder of Xavier Creative House. We're talking all about branding and advertising and marketing, and 
um, all that good creative stuff. Um, one of the things that Sunny mentioned to me that's been pivotal for her um, in her career is the mentors that she's had in her life. And, and we talk about that a lot on this show. I think it's really important for for young women in particular um, to have people kind of show them the ropes and and, you know, maybe share some ups and downs that they've had. So there's someone in, in particular that was uh, had a strong effect on you. And why don't you talk about that for a few minutes? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, I was blessed to be in a family, you know, where my mother was a mentor for me for so long. But, you know, your mom's only going to be able to mentor you, you know, for so long just because of that mother-daughter type relationship. So what she did is actually she had a mentor when she was transitioning to open another company and this woman had such a profound effect on her that she actually introduced her to me and actually to my sister at a very young age so it was when we were graduating college she had introduced me to this woman named Donna Titleman and Donna took me under her wing like I was her own daughter she actually has two sons so you know I I think she kind of embraced it as a daughter she had never had Mm -hmm. and treated me like I was her own daughter and really showed me the ropes from a very young age. So that time being, you know, 21 and new to business and, you know, you get your feet wet and you go into corporate America and you are thrown, you know, you're on top of the world when you graduate college and you think that you know everything and you get into (laughs) corporate America and you're like, whoa, I have a lot to learn. What just happened? And so just helps you with that daily, you know, like you had said, challenges that you might face that you never thought of or how to deal with different types of people. What was her background? So she, she spent years uh, with Prudential and then she kind of transitioned to be an executive coach and to work with women uh, during different stages of their life. So, you know, she'd go into organizations and help different teams or she really um, strives in working with the CEO level and okay. and helping them on a strategic level. Mm-hmm. Um, w- she's actually one of the people we rebranded. So we rebranded her as the CEO storyteller. So she's a professional writer for CEOs, you know, for award nominations and um, just to be that that kind of sounding board for CEOs today and mm-hmm. helping them through different cha- channels. And and give them that neutral perspective to run ideas off of. And you really need that. And she shaped, I mean, I tell her every day, I thank God for her because I wouldn't be where I am today without her. I mean, I must talk to her a couple times a day just to run things off. And as you're going in your business, I think it's important for women, especially to, and men, but to have someone maybe in your organization that you feel comfortable with. With, but also outside of your organization that can give you that neutral perspective and they're mm-hmm. not judging you and they might not even know the ins and outs of the situation, but they can give you that neutral perspective that you need just to even talk through something, you know, talk through an issue or talk through a growth strategy or talk through it so that you have a clearer mind and a rationale around it that you may have not had before you had that conversation. So it's just really, really important to have mentors in your life that really can help help you succeed and have your best interests in mind. Yeah, I think they do two things for you. Sometimes they validate that what you're doing is the right thing, which sometimes you need because we question ourselves. Um, and then they also will say, you know what, you might want to look at that a different way. And uh, the people in your inner circle or 
typically going to always have the same type of opinion, right? Right. Yeah. right. Or the people that are close to you that, you know, you can go to this, you know, some people because they're going to tell you what you want to hear. Right. And then you have these people that will challenge you in the right way mm-hmm. to say, you may need to look at it this way. Or, you know, sometimes she'll say to me, you're so close to the situation, sleep on it. Let's connect tomorrow morning. Sleep on it. Think about it. Let's see what tomorrow brings because I think you're going to have a whole new look on it. Yeah. And that, and that's what we do. Yeah. That's great advice. I need to listen to I tend to want to make decisions right away. I want to check everything off the list immediately. Right. And I don't take time to think things through um, often. I think that's great advice. Um, we just have a few minutes left in the show, and I'd love for you to give some advice to uh, perhaps some young woman who might be listening to the show and she's contemplating starting her own business. And just a couple quick tips for, you know, what worked for you that you found were really helpful in helping you, you know, with your confidence and also just helping you, you know, with the the physical of what it takes to start a new business. Sure. Um, Starting a new business, it's fun. I think, you know, when you're contemplating it, you know, it's risky and, and you think to yourself, oh, my gosh, can I really get off this ledge and can I do this? And, you know, what is this going to mean? And, you know, you just you have to do it. You have to be confident in yourself. You have to be confident in your abilities. And the thing I I feel like is the most important that I learned, and I learned this actually from my mother at a very young age, was you need to surround yourself with the right people. So when you go into business and you're trying to shape your organization, it's so easy to go into business with people that you feel are very similar to you, but you really need to find people that have talents that are not similar to yours so that you can complement each other. So my business partner, Tara, and I, you know, she has, she's so creative. She's a creative genius and she's the chief creative officer for Xavier, but her talents on the creative end um, you know, help shape the organization and, you know, help us thrive in that space. Whereas my business background, you know, helps us on the business end and, and then with some of, you know, our other full service um, services that we offer, the copywriters and the web. Um, but shaping yourself, like we complement each other so well and we don't come up and up against each other mm-hmm. because our skill sets are so vast and they're so different, mm-hmm. but yet so complimentary. And I think that that is so important that you recognize that, mm-hmm. but also build build a business of the right people that have the things that are going to help your company grow and help your company be successful and not making rash decisions on that and, you know, taking your time but building a really strong talent base for your company because you're only good as as the people that you hire. Right. I think that's very key that we tend to be drawn to people that are similar to us and that will kind of limit you in your creativity. And there's so many different aspects that are necessary to run the business. Some people are good with numbers and some people are not. Right. Um, when you're um, thinking about your your next campaign, do you look to past campaigns that you've done or are you always trying to do something completely new and out of the box? We actually, I mean, every campaign is so different um, that we actually haven't, I mean, past campaigns inspire you and past campaigns, um, you know, kind of help you transform, you know, maybe some thinking around 
uh, a current campaign, but every campaign is so different that we've had to approach them um, with with a new set of eyes. You know, we haven't really had campaigns to date that were similar or in the same space. So everything's been so new. Um, and we like to, you know, like I said, we do the competitive analysis for our clients to see, you know, what is going to make them different right. and make them stand out. Right. So we don't like to create something very similar to something we've created. It's always about always creating something new. new. Yeah. That's what makes your job so much fun. Yes. Right? It is. It's a different project all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. Um, if It's important that you give out your contact information for the listeners. If somebody's listening and needs help in any of those areas, um, what's the best way to get in touch? Sure. So email. Um, I could be reached at swhite at xaviercreative.com. Our Twitter handle is at Xavier Creative. And um, our website is www.xaviercreative.com. Okay, that sounds great. Um, really nice to have you here today. I appreciate you coming in and talking all about your business. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. That's it, everyone, for this week of Women to Watch. And if you're listening and you'd like to get in touch with me, uh, feel free to go to my website at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net. And we'll see you next week. Make it a good one.